This summer, we're bringing you double Koi Gig. I cannot tell you the, like, audible gasps that there were in the press box yesterday. They looked as stunned as the team on the pitch did. Subscribe to the OTB Koi Gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So it is Mead against Kerry in the All-Ireland Football Final this coming Sunday uh, afternoon and Mead looking to go back-to-back. Kerry looking to do, obviously, the uh, double this year, men's and women's, but it'll be a first one for them since the 90s. I'm delighted to say Noel Healy joins us now to help preview the game. Noel, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Morning, yeah, not too bad at all. Um, who, who in your head is the favourites for this game? I, I can't really look past Meath. Um, I know they've looked a little bit ropey or kind of nervy in, in their games coming up, but they also look to have improved an awful lot um, in every game that they've played. Um, I think they looked really composed at the finish there um, against Galway working the score. And then again, I was really impressed with the way they kind of clawed back against um, Donegal and just reeled them back in and really composed finish as well. Um, I think you can't look past the kind of bit of confidence um, and extra mileage I think that being All-Ireland champions gives you um, and being you know experienced in that kind of cauldron of Croke Park this is their fifth All-Ireland final in a row um, between senior and intermediate so it is kind of hard to look past Meads at the moment uh, There's been a sense that this is the end of this Meads team in some respects now I, I, Vicky Wall's obviously gone down to play um, Australian Rules and there's a couple of others going as well but the coaching backroom team has already it's clear that they're going to be breaking up. Does that does that help or hinder in a way? Because it's like, uh, look, this is one last one last tour for this group uh, as the group is going to be constituted. That there is definitely going to be change next year. In some ways, you might I don't know. You might be inspired to greater things, but in other ways, it might be a little bit of a distraction. Yeah, I was actually surprised that it even kind of came out beforehand. It seemed like an unusual thing to be focusing on and, and talking about. Um, you know, even from the you know, last Christmas after after the final, they were saying no, they didn't want to be a one hit wonder. They're already kind of putting themselves as like we want to be on Ireland champions again. That's our focus. You know, it's kind of it's very it's a very different narrative from what you would have heard before. And I suppose even we would have said about like you know it's all just about the next game, the next. We're not looking any further past that. And you know, in fairness, to them, it's it's a, it's refreshing, I suppose, to kind of hear that honesty. Um, but I think it does it, it can put a bit of pressure on you I think last year they would have come in as underdogs you know that kind of shackles off their back nothing to lose um, you know freedom about their play whereas this year yeah they I suppose there is something not to lose but I suppose I didn't catch that. there's more um, there's more on them like you know a kind of feeling of, of an inevitability there's not like oh well, we can just do it next year or you know well you know who matters happens there's yeah, there is kind of thing that's reaching the end of the road. I saw, you know, obviously Vicky and Orla are going over to Australia. I had read yesterday that Emma Troy, who's huge for them, um, I think is, is going travelling as well. You're using your, your backroom team that they seem to have a very strong connection to. So um, I think it could, you know, put, I suppose, a little bit of un- unknown pressure on them. Is that like, you know, we have to get this done. And You know, I, I kind of thought in the Leinster final when they, when they were playing against Dublin, we always, you know, we know that they have that defensive structure, but they did, I thought, play kind of overly defensive and kind of overly a little bit scared in the first half and kind of drew Dublin on them. And that's kind of been a little bit of a pattern that's followed them throughout their play as well. When, you know, they've kind of drawn teams on them with Donegal, they kind of, because they play so defensively, you know, you're almost giving the team a bit of oxygen and a little bit more space to play with them, more time on the ball. So um, that could go against them a little bit, but still, 
I, you know, I would I would think that the, the backroom team would kind of be astute enough to try manage that within themselves. You know, it's always kind of well and good what people are saying to the media. I think they probably have, you'd hope, have a different narrative themselves within kind of their own their own group. I definitely want to ask about that that style of play, but just to go back to kind of the first part of that answer, Noel, is, is part of the reason why they're happy enough to talk about next year and the people stepping away, especially from a management perspective, is that because there's a genuine concern for where the game is going and for the, the, the threat to the women's game in Ireland at the moment? I'm not sure. Um, it's definitely been a pity, I think, throughout the summer that nearly every big headline story that you see about the LGFA at the moment seems to be what big player is either rumoured to be going or where it's kind of confirmed to be going over to the, AF- the AFL. Um, and that is very worrying, um, for sure. You know, you have somebody like Vicky Wall who's probably in the prime of her career, you know, such an exciting player to watch. Um, bring such a different style to Gaelic football, you know, really is one of those players that people kind of sit forward and, and you know, take notice of when they get the ball. There's always that air of expectation that something's going to happen. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll miss that from, from our game. So I don't know if that's what's on, on their mind in terms of on Mead's mind, but it's certainly, you know, something that I think has this year of all years become very apparent um, in, in the coverage of, of the ladies football for sure like are, are you concerned as well about about what's going to happen over the next couple of years um, yeah for sure I think it's it's you know it's been fine at the moment because you know people have been able to to do both we were lucky with Dublin that the girls were you know kind of given the leeway and, and given the freedom to to be able to participate fully in our in our season but you know, if, if you're losing that and if you're battling with not only other sports um, and other interests in Ireland, but kind of, you know, that calling of, you know, which is completely understandable of the chance of, of playing in a professional setup, you know, in lovely weather and, you know, that opportunity to kind of combine that little bit of traveling and that little bit of different experience after college. Um, you know, that's that's understandable that people are going to are going to jump for that. And I think it would be very unfortunate that we'd lose our, our, our players to that you know and you know would it diminish our, this, the spectacle that the, the ladies football has as well like it is certainly something that, that you would be worried about because I just can't see it as being sustainable that the girls would be either allowed or you know physically even able to, to combine the two of them I think it's an awful lot to expect somebody to finish one season jumping along half flight you know and all the emotions around that as well and, and seeing your family or leaving your family and then come back over here and starting into, into another season I thought it was a really interesting quote from Declan Quill, the, the Kerry co-manager during the week. He was saying that himself and, and Dara Long were, were driving up in the car and they were asking, would David Clifford ever go to Australia? He said, I think David Clifford has so much to stay around Kerry for because he has a fan base that is just unbelievable. He's a superhero to the kids down there. He can probably have his choice of jobs and whatever he chooses to do. I don't see the attraction of him going to Australia, whereas for a girl who is playing ladies football, it might be, oh Jesus, I'm going to make my money and live a lovely lifestyle over there, whereas here I mightn't even get recognised on the street now, like he doesn't necessarily say it but is there kind of like a wider conversation there Noel about what's actually keeping players here given the incentive there is for men's players to hang around and uh, and to play football in Ireland um, not that I've been part of but I can imagine that it would play in people's minds I mean it's been again well documented just how out of pocket a lot of the ladies football players are um in playing, you know, in, in playing for your county via travel expenses, um, we certainly don't have the same access to the same amount of grants and things like that. Um, and even, you know, for if you're, you know, it, it's supposed to, it, it's changed. And I think, you know, since I've left, I, I think it has improved a little bit. But even just like those appearance fees or things like that, if you're, you know, doing sponsorship um, and promotion things, certainly when I would have been playing, you know, 
it was kind of an unspoken thing that the men were, were getting, in, you know, an awful lot more than, than the girls are getting. But we were kind of just, you know, starting to be unhappy, I suppose, with the exposure and that we were starting to get. Um, so certainly I can imagine that if, you know, people, if that's where they want to make their money and spend most of their time doing is, is playing their sport, they can do that, you know, not only... I think it's not only in a place where they can make money or have a fan base, but just I think where they can be, you know, afforded to be very well looked after and supported um, in terms of access, even just to medical staff and, you know, from an injury point of view as well and strength and conditioning. And while that that has improved an awful lot, um, you know, hugely, there's fantastic setups in a lot of the inter-counties around, um, you know, it's, it's not anywhere near what you'd see the kind of juggernauts of the men's game having. It's interesting because that, that came up this week with um, Anna Gavin, the, the Kerry captain, who I think had been involved in the photo shoot for the Centre of Excellence. And then it turned out they weren't given access to it immediately. They had to fight for access to it. And then eventually they got access to it. But it wasn't taken as a matter of course. It's like, OK, Grant, we'll, we're going to use you to highlight the fact that this now exists, but we're not going to give you equal access to it. And uh, apparently it's been fixed, so in fairness. Uh, but at the same time, the attitude in the first place was wrong, clearly. It's like... Why would you be getting the same access? Um, so there's still there's still loads to go. I do wonder how you feel about the condensed season and the mirroring of it because it feels like we're coming up on the All Ireland football final this weekend a little underprepared, uh, a little less familiar with the players than we should be. Like the Dubs game and Dublin going out of the championship at the stage that they did wasn't as, as big a story as it would have been if uh, or as it should have been. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that it didn't get the, the coverage that it did. I mean, you'd, you know, when the, the men lost at this, you know, at the semi-final stage, but last year there was, you know, a huge amount of write-ups about it at the end of an year and things like that. And um, I was so surprised with how under the radar it went. I'm sure the girls were delighted that they didn't have to face into it and they were kind of able to get on with, with themselves afterwards. But um, it, it is such a pity because, you know, it, it, I think it is such a big story, especially with Dublin and Cork and kind of the the big presence that they've had in the, in the ladies football championship over the last nearly 20 years at this stage well it's been 10 years um, not 20 years at this stage but um, and both of them are gone a quarter final stage it kind of it's I can understand why they did it because I suppose you know on the face of it it's kind of the, the football season and it kind of goes with the, with that but I, I think the camogie and the, the ladies football championship has kind of just been lost amongst all of it um, you know, you're still kind of hearing stories about you know what the brilliant final the, the, between Kerry and Galway were, were at the weekend, and now it's kind of only starting to, to pick up about the ladies' football final. There were, you know, the, the quarterfinal stages. You know, all all the provincial finalists losing. It was a phenomenal, you know, the phenomenal results from it. They were brilliant games, and I think you know, unless you kind of have a specific interest in it, and you go out and search it, it. It does kind of get lost amongst it, and it does affect then the profile of the players that are playing and the profile of the teams that are playing and kind of the build-up to the championship as well. Um, I think another kind of factor about, about you know, the condensed final might fit into it as well or, or affect is that the ladies' football final would traditionally kind of rely an awful lot on, you know, the younger spectators and buses of, of younger spectators that schools would organise um, and clubs would organise. And now you've got a situation, I mean, I don't know how ticket sales are going or anything like that, but potentially where you're facing to a time where a lot of people are away it's an August bank holiday where people are going to be as w- away as well so I don't know how that's going to affect attendances and, and you know the, the atmosphere that's going to be created as well so um, yeah, like nobody really wants to be everybody wants to be playing football kind of in, in the height of the summer but you also want to be playing in front of big crowds and, and big atmospheres so 
you know, I think if they maybe pushed it out by by a month or two, um, it wouldn't have done any harm because it probably is something that at the moment as well, you know, as I said, with, with ladies football, they, they probably do need to kind of have a bit more of a, a story about themselves rather than what players are going or, you know, players that are unhappy with the with the situation of the, of the expenses and stuff that they're getting. So, you know, it probably yeah. would have been a, a bit of an easier win for them. Well, when you think about it, like the the GA media is crying out for some inter-county action. Everybody, like, not everybody, but loads of people are complaining. TD Alan Dillon has a press release out at the minute saying, oh, the, the men's inter-county season needs to be elongated. We're handing it over to other sports. It's like, well, they could just hand it over to the women's game, which would be perfect. You know, we could have two months now where the women's game is on every weekend on terrestrial TV and everybody's watching because it's top quality inter-county action between competitive sides. It, it feels like there's an easy solution to this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's that you put the nail on the head there. I mean, yeah, it's not like we're, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same organisation. It's the same game. Follow it on. You can support your county. I'm pretty sure the people in Kerry would be more than happy to go for another few months in, in following around, you know, their team as well. So um, it is a pity. I think, you know, they probably just took the easy route out and just kind of followed the, followed the men's. I don't know, were they worried about getting access to pitches when the club season kicked off? With the men's team, that's always an issue as well. So you know, it's hard to know what the what the the sense or the reasoning was behind that decision to just follow the the men's structure. Yeah, um, hopefully they can revisit. How do these two teams match up, Noella? You say at the start it's hard to look past me, but that ultra defensive approach, like uh, you can see the burden heavy lies the head that wears the crown. Like the burden of trying to defend your title is completely different from last year when they could smash and grab as essentially a Division 2 team who just got promotion and uh, were like for the first time uh, up there in the big leagues and able to go almost under the radar uh, whereas this team is now the ones that are up against a team coming from you know not nowhere but like um, certainly under the radar and it's a completely different scenario from a psychological perspective Yeah completely you have to change your your whole like not ethos of your team but your whole kind of psychological priming of your team really because absolutely you're kind of going in with that chip on your shoulder especially a Meads team going up against a Dublin team um, where you've you know kind of endless motivation everybody's riding us off nobody believes that we can do this you know they they backed up big performances by beating Armad and beating Cork and kind of were you know on a really good run going into the final last year whereas this year you know all the stories are about them everywhere they go out everybody knows who they are around me there's a lot of expectation amongst you know me fans as well um with them so you know just kind of nowhere really i'd say a lot of the time for them to hide away away from it um but that can work in two ways you know I'm, I'm sure they can take a bit of energy from that as well and a bit of confidence um from it or from the support that they're getting but yeah look they've i suppose people are are much more aware of kind of what they're going to bring and you know the the type of players that they have as well um you know you look at the, the likes of of Vicky Wall last year she had a phenomenal year um you know was was uh by streets ahead I'd say you know kind of player of the year with her performance that she put in in the final I thought she was brilliant um and then this year I think people have kind of started to get to grips with her a little bit and kind of started to frustrate her a little bit and she's probably not playing up to her own standards that she would have um had before so yeah it's, it's, there's a lot of challenges for them because then you know other players have to step up and I think Stacey Grimes has been doing that for them this year I think they've been brilliant um, but in fairness to them I mean you know they haven't tried to change too much they haven't gone away from what they are you know they've if it's not broke don't fix it and they're, they've stuck to that kind of 
defensive structure and then fast break um, that has stood them well in the past. And, um, you know, I think on an, on an open pitch in Crow Park, the conditioning they have, um, if they play with that kind of bravery and not sit back too much um, and, you know, sacrifice kind of one or two players, like I keep Stacey Grimes, I keep um, Emma Duggan a little bit higher up the pitch as, as that outlet. Um, I think they could, yeah, I, I think, it, you know, they could cause Kerry an awful lot of trouble. Like the the flip side of that is that Kerry have been playing, it seems anyway, without any sort of fear because maybe they just don't have any baggage at all from the last few years or not being in the conversation for All-Ireland uh, glory at all. And in the semi-final, it was just the, the plundering of goals that that won them the game, as I say, just a, a, attacking with with this level of chaos. So I presume that gets muted to a, to a huge degree against that Meath defence. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, like, it's funny on the front of it, Kerry look like this kind of young, fresh team, but um, they actually probably have some of the, apart from uh, Donegal, would have probably most, some of the most experienced players in it. I mean, you've Louise Nimmerhertig, who's been playing, I'd say she's probably nearly in her 13th or 14th season playing with the with the Kerry senior team. Um, Emma Coslo or Emma Sherwood, um, Cot Lynch and um, Lorraine Scanlon, you know, they're very strong, really experienced spine of the team. And then you've Louise Galvin as well coming in um, to the team. So you know they're not kind of this young fresh face team that wouldn't have had the same experience you know they're fairly battle hardened they would they're you know they're girls that would have been playing against um you know they obviously played in the all Ireland final in 2012 they would have played you know a lot of monster finals against that cork team and beaten you know beaten that cork team in monster finals so they're they're well able to kind of navigate themselves through a through a tough match in a high pressure situation so i would say they're probably not as inexperienced as kind of fresh faces we're being led to believe um, but they're playing with kind of a, a really brilliant style of football, um, you know, that I absolutely love watching. It's kind of the style of football that if I was part of a team or if I was, you know, in any way involved with a team, that's what I'd be kind of telling to play or what I would love watching. Um, you know, it's quick ball. They they run the ball when they need to run the ball. They kick the ball when they see the passes. Um, I think Declan Quinn's Quill looks like they've done a, a brilliant job with them from a skill level point of view. They look like they've, you know, put a lot of time um both from from underage, from the younger girls coming up, and then them, them themselves, they look really sharp um, on, on the ball. So, you know, from that point of view, um, I think they're well valued for, for, for their position in the final. Their their style of play, it, it could kind of be the death of them, or it could be the, the destroying of me. I think you know they they run the ball a lot. They've strong runners from deep. Um, Emma Emma uh, Costello and, and Cotlin kind of come come deep. Um, off the shoulder, the same with Chief Rochet's, you know, scoring goals for fun as well. Um, and if they can, if they can time that well enough, I think they could really open Meath up. I thought, you know, Meath against Galway kind of showed how vulnerable that that kind of um, that pack defence is when you get players that can kind of make those probing runs deep in and get quick players off the shoulder. And it was kind of similar to what we would have seen in the men's game with Stephen O'Brien um, in the first half when Kerry were playing a little bit nervously and passing the ball around the top of the D. You know, he was kind of having those injection of runs that injection of pace and creating that space um, in the defensive structure I think that's kind of what Kerry will need to do but um, you know they need to be very careful with that timing because if they're kind of running the ball into blind alleys I think Meath will eat them up they'll, you know, they'll kind of be happy for them to do that all day whereas if they're making those proper runs and have somebody quick off the shoulder um, with those quick hand passes that kind of they've been showing they can do as well um, you know they look like they can think very quickly on the ball then I think they could open Meath up and be in for a few goals Um so I think this is going to be a different kind of beast or a different task that, that Meath have come up against. 
I think if Donegal had the conversion rate that Kerry has shown in the last few games, um, they probably could have caused me a little bit more trouble than they did. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, re- a really interesting match. Like the you, you talk about the, the experience that some of the Kerry players have, and like they're here to win now. And like Joe was talking to you earlier about the players that might be leaving, like Kerry also have that problem as well. Like their star in Paris McCarthy has got a scholarship to go to East Tennessee State University from the start of next season. Like she's this unbelievably talented player, so they're going to lose players as well. So they, so they want to win now. Um, the, one, one, of the, one of the last questions actually I had, Noel, is just on, on Mead. Do you think their style of play is actually getting the best? out of them like I, I know it's very hard to criticise a team who are All-Ireland champions and who are winning pretty much every game but is there a ceiling that they're actually not achieving given given the way that they're setting up yeah I, like I would love to see them play with you know even at least four like if you look at Nevo Sullivan Vicky Wall Emma Duggan Stacey Grimes like four of the best forwards um, in the country and for a lot of the time of, of their matches particularly you know we saw it towards the end of the game you see Stacey Grimes and um, Emma Duggan down back in there nearly 22 tackling and you know you can't fault them for their work rate but I, like I'm just kind of wondering why aren't they just keeping at least three out of the four in a spine or something to kind of you know help with that with that breakout or just get the most out of them you know see what they can do when they're scoring off fresh legs um, it's definitely something that I would absolutely love to see them them play a little bit more of. Um, you know, I think you're kind of Vicky has has picked up yellow cards in the last few games as well. Um, you know, just from kind of consistent failing or, or or three ticks, and you know, it's it's just from kind of I suppose clumsy tackling and kind of you know uh, I suppose late tackles that are coming in late in the game, maybe when, when she's tired. And again, you can't fault them for their work rate, but you know, is that you know are they kind of I suppose trying to get the most out of it they're putting too much emphasis on like okay you know you need to get your tackles in you need to get your work right in to the detriment of then you know them losing players because they're putting in tired tackles rather than saying you know playing a little bit more cleverly and you know knowing if if she's on two ticks or you know she's she's on a tick or she's getting tired say look just Vicky just sacrifice that part of your game and stay a bit higher up and do, do a job for us up closer to goal um, because that's where, where they're dangerous and, and that's where they're going to get the most change out of them you know they haven't really been scoring that many goals this year and you know, if you saw them for their for their club, you know they're well able to do it. So it definitely would be something that I would like to see a bit more of. I think it's a risky game because, especially, you have a tendency then when, when things are going bad, you know, you rely so much on your defensive structure that you can retreat into it a little bit and draw draw kind of teams onto you a bit. You know, with what we saw when in the again the men's game, um, Armagh against against Galway when they conceded that that. Um, they conceded the, the goal, the kick out to, to go away and kind of just drew them on them and, you know, gave them time to kind of to work a shot. And I think Kerry will do that. Kerry can shoot from distance. They're, they're well able to take their scores. So it's, it's a risky one um, for them. All right. Well, styles make fights. So hopefully it's a bit of a classic. Noel, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Not at all. Thanks. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 